What is going on everybody and welcome back to Salty Runback, here to be your weekly intake of North American Developmental League of Legends. We're in a bit of a weird limbo area with this episode, it's like 1 in the morning when we're recording this because <laughs> we have to make sure we finish the first round of the promotion relegation tournament which just has wrapped up their first round of play. The provisional teams not doing as well as we expected. The qualifiers teams go in 3 for 4 in the first round which means at least one team will be relegated at the end of it all but we got a lot to talk about in that regard and also the CLO bracket has come out we're going to be previewing that in part two my name is grapes i'm joined by hawk hawk how are you doing today grapes i'm doing great i got to see a friend that graduated we, we hung out today and uh now it is very late at night and we watch some great league of legends or i say we i only got to see one series because i am in the depths of about to graduate hell in terms of work right now but you got to see all of the series and i think they were all pretty good uh they're all two o's <laughs> they were all a little bit closer yeah. but overall i did see the results <laughs> it, it was it was a fun day a couple days of league i think overall we learned a lot about how this tournament is actually going to end up and as we will get into a little bit later that might be a little bit different than our original expectations but a couple of things to shout out before we get uh, things started. If you are watching this at the time of release, you should head over to twitch.tv slash challengers league because your boy will be on the desk for that day, that day of games, Wednesday, Maryville versus AoE. Going to be a fun one. I hope you come along and hang out. Yeah. Hang out with Grapes. Grapes is going to do great. We all love a little bit of Grapes casting. He's the GOAT. Um, and also, just as far as other things going on, you might notice that the title of this episode is Seal of 2033. Basically, we'll spend the first half of the episode in the headlines talking about everything that happened in the provisional tournament so far, or the, the promotion tournament so far. And then in the back half, it'll be all about CeeLo. We got the bracket now, so we got a lot of great stuff to cover as far as developmental league in the scene. Should be a good time. But before we do that, it's time to head over to our headlines where we have to talk about the first couple of days of the promotion relegation tournament. As we mentioned in our little intro, three of the four qualifier teams, that is Maryville University, TikTok Tony Top, or Team Tony Top, I should say, and Team Fish Taco, all 2 0'd their NACL qualifier or provisional team counterparts. The only one was Supernova, who lost 0 2 to AoE, but I think that was something that a lot of us kind of were expecting coming in. But Hawk, we weren't expecting some of these other series to go that one-sided. Did we overestimate how strong some of these provisional teams really were? I mean, the answer, for me at least, is kind of, I guess. I, I have been on record on two podcasts that are not our own to say that there's a world in which the provisional teams are just much stronger than the qualifier teams and this tournament is not competitive. However, I said that I don't think it's going to happen. I power-ranked before the tournament both Team Liquid first and and CLG, uh, sorry, The Last Dance, um, I power-ranked both of them 6th and 7th above only Supernova coming into the tournament. However, even then, FlyFam going down 0-2 to Tony Top, at least for me, Grapes, I don't know about you, was actually very unexpected. I thought this team would be uh, pretty easily able to retain their spot, and now they're fighting for their life against Team Liquid. So the short answer, yes. I mean, like, we, at least for me, I did overestimate the provisional teams, but it depends on who you're talking to, maybe how much. It's Again, this has been a conversation that we've had for the past couple of years, trying to compare the differences and, and the strengths between these qualifier teams and these provisional teams. And the real answer is that we really weren't able to know until we saw them face off. But right. I definitely yeah. was surprised with how our provisional teams yeah. looked. I thought overall, watching the qualifiers, the level of gameplay wasn't super high. And the provisional teams, with their experience playing against top teams, might have had a, a good shot to really... Um, I don't know, kind of assert their dominance, especially against a team that was not Maryville because Maryville, of course, ran through some of these uh, tournaments that we watched this split. Uh, but specifically, the, the Tony Top and the, and the Team Fish Taco yeah. series, I was particularly impressed with the way that those two teams played. I did say that um, Taco, I thought, was a good matchup against Team Liquid first, but I did not expect it to go that good. Surdy did not pass the Alorum test. No, he did that not. We were talking about. Um, just wasn't able to break that guy at all. Um, and overall, the rest of the team played really well, um, and Taco kind of just like looked like the better team at the end of the day, um, and on in, on the side of Tony, I thought that FlyFam really just never were able to get off on the right foot, largely in part to the fact that they did not play to the win conditions and the stuff that was allowing them to succeed throughout 
the back half of that season, specifically Lunasia, was playing tanks the entire time. He had a game of Malphite yeah. and a game of Scion. That's not what you want him to do. And especially against someone like Tony Top, who's playing Jax, and you let Jax through both of these drafts, uh, and he just kind of takes over on both of them. Yeah, T Team Fish Taco against Team Liquid First is the one series I was able to catch in its entirety live. Shout out my schedule. Um, and 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 I agree. Like, I mean, Alorum against Surdy was actually a very hyped matchup going in. There was a whole hype video about their their highlights of them solo killing each other. Like, it was super super intense. Like, they've not played against each other in years. And I mean, I, I think this just goes to show that Alorum is actually, even though we always think of him as kind of like a consistent force in the top lane. He's actually pretty damn good, and yeah. he's getting better along. You know, we always look at these developmental pieces as the ones that can grow, and the the veteran pieces as the ones that are going to stay static. But why do we think of that? Because Alorum is a veteran piece that I think has actually gotten a lot better over the years. He is schooling a top laner like Surdy, and and even in the NACLQ, I mean, sure the quality of play is slightly lower because there's six fewer teams, but um, I mean, has just been dominant all split uh, in the top lane. And, and I mean, as far as FlyFam and Tony Top, again, I, I was not expecting this at all. And um, the fact that FlyFam, you know, I felt like they might be able to do really well just because their early games, even against some of the top teams in the NACL, actually were really good in the back half of the split. But they were just not able to bring it together against Tony Top whatsoever. And we've seen what Wildflower and Tony Top are able to do if they're able if they're allowed to cook, I guess, you know, to use the, the overused phrase. So. Uh, each of these series had like a really weird level one in one of the games. Of course, <laughs> there was um, the Supernova AOE incident where AOE that that was and, an incident. That was an um, that was an incident. That happened. Uh, we're just gonna kind of kind of go with it. Um, and actually, sorry, each day, sorry, had a weird level one incident. Uh, Last Dance Maryville, eh, kind of just like auto orange invading and, and getting kills, but that was like not until like level four. Uh, Tony Top versus Flyfam. Uh, Level one of game one, Tony's Jax went into the enemy jungle, level one, uh, and just beat Hyper's Vi to death. And that kind of was it. Um, and that the game was kind of over from there. He was able to proxy uh, and take over after that. Uh, Wallflower, I think, had a really good series overall as well for Tony Top. I wanted to give him a little bit of a shout-out. Um, and Levitating Snow on the on the, the Lucianami in game two also coming through. I think Tony's really all clicking. Um, yeah. As we kind of pivot a little bit here, and they look they look really really strong, um, especially with how I think Wallflower was able to navigate the early game, and I think in a in a in a way that reminded me more of Tony's successes in in the first qualifier rather than some of the times where they maybe falter a little bit in the second. Yeah, and the, the last thing I want to say on this as well, I've already I've already apologized to Snow too. But I got to apologize again. <laughs> Look, I was a hater. I'm sorry. I didn't believe. But you showed me the light. So, um, you know, Snow 2, you were right. I hope you can take me back because I'm crawling back to you right now. So I, I hope you'll have me. Yeah, friends of the show, of course. We just have to make sure we're pandering as best as we can. Uh, <laughs> of course, of course. We'll, we'll, we'll continue to root for our provisional teams as they now find them, a lot of them find themselves in the lower bracket. But we got to head to the one provisional team that is still in the upper bracket, and that is AOE Gold. They took the series over Supernova, and we'll be playing up against Maryville University, who also dominated the last dance in their series. Hawk, are these the two best teams that we have in the promotion relegation tournament? Oh, this is such a hard question to answer. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I do want to add a bit of context before I answer this question in earnest. Um, first of all, with three out of four of the provisional teams actually losing, someone's going to promote and someone's going to relegate because of the fact that Team Fish Taco and Tony Top are playing against each other. So I want to point that out just like yeah. for anyone that's, uh, you know, keeping score at home. But are these two teams the best in the qualifier grapes? Maybe I'll let you talk about Maryville. I'm going to talk about AOE because you talked about the Winnie incident against Supernova. Uh, I did get to see that. And that is the reason why I still think AOE is the best team in this tournament, even though they don't have Gamsu and they're, they're playing with Quacker now. Um, I think the mid jungle of, or specifically the mid jungle support of Winnie dark wings and sky tech is way too good that no matter what happens in these games, I think they're going to be more consistently dominant than anybody else that they're playing against. I, I think Winnie is the best player here. I know I know a lot of you were saying Surdy, I, 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 and I was willing to agree. Surdy's great, but I think Winnie is, is a jungler that is sort of above this provisional level and has been playing at that level for even the last year or so. Um, his pathing is so intelligent and, and clearly a player that 
that really knows what's going on on the map at most stages of the game. And, and that's that was on full display. You know, Winnie was doing a lot of the right things. So for that reason alone, I think AoE, at the very least, is still the favorite in this tournament. You want to hear something crazy? I'm going to make a oh, prediction hell. right now. I'm ready. Okay. Mary Maryville 3-2 in this series. I think AoE gets set <laughs> to the lower bracket. Enlighten I, me. Maryville, Enlighten me. They've looked so good, man. Ever since they they like actually like made it into the playoffs uh, with that quarterfinal win over Native, they just just look so dominant. They only dropped one game. I mean, that, yeah, you're right. They um, have looked good. And honestly, AoE, they, of course won their series pretty handily against Supernova, but it was a lot sloppier than I think a lot of people were expecting. Um, yeah, Winnie over, in, overextended on the engage, on the invade, uh, and, which allowed for Onat to, to get a couple of early kills for first blood. And with that um, you know, punish, it, it, it allowed for Azog and Chucky to actually really take over. That, that game was actually pretty Supernova favored for the first 10 minutes. And I think if Kizno didn't go 0-6 or 0-7 or whatever um, in that game, like... Supernova would have had a good chance to actually win off of the early laning power that they do have in their bottom lane and how Winnie was able to get punished at the beginning of that game. Unfortunately, Winnie was just a lot better than K-Snow that whole series. <laughs> See, uh, that's what it, I'm it, talking about, Grace. It didn't really matter. But <laughs> they're playing with Maryville now, and Odd Orange is not K-Snow. I mean, you look that's at the true. experience levels between these two junglers, they both have played so much uh, and I think are going to be a really good matchup. But... Um, Something that I am really interested to see is is how AOE kind of is able to withstand uh, the early game aggression that Maryville had because the way that they played the map against the last dance uh, was really good. It, it's, it's the standard thing that we see from them, right? Where they don't really they don't necessarily get kills, uh, but they just have so many winning lanes that at the ten minute mark they're up three thousand cold, regardless uh, with even with if like first blood hasn't been given up. Um, yeah. And I am interested to see in how that goes. I would not be surprised to see them actually like really take advantage, especially on the top side of the map, where although Quacker was good against Dragoon, uh, especially that game two, uh, maybe not as much of that weak side threat uh, as Gonsu was. Yeah, I, I do think um, Niles has been our best performing top laner. I mean, we we gave four out of five of the Maryville players our first team all NACLQ, right? Uh, this is our MVP mid laner against our, uh, our Dark Wings. This is our... Uh, first team top laner might be one Niles up against uh, Quacker this time. So I do agree with you. Maryville is going to be a big test. I do think AOE, this is, I think, part of what I was talking about. They are a team that over the course of time, uh, especially with these Winnie iterations that they've had for the past three splits now, they're a team that actually has demonstrated a pretty tremendous amount of flexibility as far as playing more aggressive in the early stages of the game while also being able to withstand pressure. So I, I'm with you. I expect this to at least be a good matchup. You know, you said 3-2. You said you're favoring Maryville. I think that's a spicy take, and I'm here for it. Um, and, and I think that goes to show regardless of who the real favorite in the series is, we're expecting this to actually be very, very competitive and for Maryville to push AoE to the brink or vice versa. Quick little fun storyline, uh, which actually goes into our part two of CLOL. Uh, Winnie and Skytech were on that St. Louis University roster that lost to Maryville 3-1. to one. Of true. course, there's a lot of different players on that team. There's no Darkwings, there's no Quacker, there's no Lynx. But, oh, it's a little food for thought before yeah. we head into that series. But we'll, I'm very excited to see that. We'll catch it tomorrow. I'll be flexing around with Mad Magical and Beatdown Boulevard for that. So should be and a good time. To, to add a little bit, too, that wasn't just the roster that lost 3-1 in the finals. This is the roster that lost 3-1 at LA Comic Con as well. Or yeah. It's a similar roster, you know, but they, they, have they were both on that, too. So they got some bad blood. <laughs> Should be a fun thing to, to take a look at. I really do think that it's going to be a fun series, and it will be the first team that we welcome either back or welcome into the NACL. Should be a good time. Uh, but we got to head in down to the lower bracket for a little bit as we can talk about one of our other provisional teams in Team Liquid first. We kind of came into this tournament with the expectation that LJX would still be their starting AD carry, but it was announced or you know when the stream ended up happening that Mia actually came back in and played a, a good series against Team Fish Taco. Two games of Felios had some high moments, had some lows, uh, a little bit of an interesting play around <laughs> the Baron in game number one. We'll get back you don't that need to do her like bit. that, Graves. But I, I think that, obviously, this is a different <laughs> roster of Team Liquid First than we originally expected. Does yeah. her return to the roster give you any more hope than we originally had? Because I know you were really doomer on Team Liquid uh, going into this. Event. I was. 
I was. I said they would be the worst provisional team, and I still kind of stand by that because they actually had some early leads against Team Fish Taco that they couldn't capitalize on, and 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 that's not all Mia's fault. But the short answer to this question is no. <laughs> I don't think Mia's return gives me hope, and I'm really sad about that because I really want to root for Mia, and uh, I think Mia's a great personality. She you know is on Twitter and says funny things sometimes and streams. Um, shout out Mia, but um. She, she just didn't really impress me that much in NACL. And I know when when she took a step back from the NACL, I said something similar where LJX coming in obviously has not looked amazing, um, has looked more like a Band-Aid sort of player. But I think at the end of the day, Mia still doesn't strike me as that much of an X-Factor player to make me believe in this roster more. So the short answer grapes is I'm still doomer on this roster and I'm sad about it. Cause I want to root for these players, but it's just, I've not really seen the stars align for them. Is me an upgrade? Yes. Is me a, yeah. a big upgrade? Yeah, I think so. Over LJX. Does that matter? Eh, we'll have to, we'll have to see. <laughs> Um, I think Mia actually did pretty good in lane in the early game against uh, Taco and Vendaption was I, I a, add, exploitable bottom lane. As we were I want to add that is a pretty good sign as well. I know uh, Red and Daption have been criticized for their laning, but I think Mia and Rovex in lane specifically when they were playing in NACL was a big concern. So it is nice to see that the laning was was better from them. So yeah. Um, I do think that. the the flaws uh, of Mia's gameplay for this series was in the team fights where there were multiple instances where she got caught out, whether it was by a uh, Dardock Wukong ult or uh, some hook coming out um, from Daption. S somehow just never found perfect positioning in a lot of the fights to put out maximum DPS. Although we did see a, a, some nice pop-off moments on the Aphelios. Uh, kind of when the game was already over and Aphelios kind of is able to just throw the ultimate at everybody running into him. Uh, so shout out to Mia for that fun base defense, but I think overall that is something that we have to look at. Yeah. Uh, but I think another interesting thing that we have to take uh, into account is that not only do Team Liquid First have to beat FlyFam here now that they're in the lower bracket, they now have to play as well against the loser of AoE versus Maryville in the lower bracket. And that's the best of five that will qualify into the NACL, and the loser is out still. Um, and so while it might help me move the needle a little bit uh, against FlyFam, I don't know if it helps me move the needle enough, because no. as we mentioned in the last question, I think that AoE and Maryville are the strongest teams in this tournament. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I I don't think this moves the needle enough at all. Um, I again like I'm I'm definitely rooting for Mia. I I, I know. Um, I'm sure taking a step back from the NACL was difficult and everything. And I think she is most certainly an upgrade over LJX. Uh, I mean, I think I think it's fair to say LJX coming in was pretty much just a band aid roster change. Um, but I I think Team Liquid first just has problems that run deeper than simply. 80 carry they they just as a whole seem like a team that struggles to really get going on the bottom side of the map and sustain something to be able to win games so i'm with you even if they're able to get past fly fam um i don't see them getting past maryville or aoe who are the two teams that i power ranked very high coming in so yeah, matchup against FlyFam should be kind of interesting. It was, of course, a, a, a matchup that we um, saw at the last half or last week of the regular season where FlyFam 2-0'd. Um, and I think that Hyper in, in the jungle is going to have a good time in that matchup because City Witty, uh, as much as I was really hyping him up coming into the year, um, has not looked super good, especially in this tournament. Yeah. I mean, he... he's, he's cooled off as well. You know, he's, yeah. I feel like he started pretty strong in, in NACL, but it hasn't really, uh, hasn't come together. It'll be, it'll be a fun thing. And I think that's a good transition to our fourth headline of the day. We have four matchups that we have scheduled for the next three days. Of course, that is AOE versus Maryville. It is, um, Tony versus Team Fish Taco. And then in the lower side of the bracket, we have TL first versus FlyFam. And then Last Dance versus Supernova. Out of those four games, Hawk, I want you to give me one player matchup, either 1v1, 2v2, whatever, that you're excited to watch in the next three days. Grapes, I think the answer here, there, there's a couple of, of really strong answers. Mine is most certainly, though, Supernova against Last Dance, Messages against Onat. We Ooh. never got the solid in the qualifiers during the split. Two very new, young mid laners looking to prove themselves. Messages messages subbing in for the Last Dance at, on, on short notice after not making 
this tournament with Native. I think this is incredibly exciting. We had messages as our second team mid laner and Onad is our third. So I think this is going to be an incredibly exciting matchup. I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing them duke it out. And especially given that it's an elimination matchup, uh, I, I think it'll be great. And, and the last thing I'll add too is not only is it an elimination matchup, but I think they're probably very integral players to their team. I think we think of Last Dance as being a bit of a, a team that wants to play around NXI, maybe a little bit more mid-jungle, and Supernova as well. They like to play towards their sides, bringing mid-jungle to the 3v3s, to the 4v4s, and really making a party. So that's 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 where I'm at. Something that the the broadcast has frequently mentioned is that they think that NXI is actually a pretty good player, uh, and I would be inclined to agree. But throughout the season, the lanes just had, were not stable enough for him to do anything, and that yeah. is why CLG Faith kind of lost a lot of their games. I think that message is actually in that series that they had against Maryville, put up a, a decent fight against Bet Get Back and had some had some solid moments, especially in game number one. Um, and that actually, I think, could be the angle for NXI to really come in and, and win this game because agree. Uh, well, I do think that NXI maybe is one of the stronger junglers that we have here. I think that Kizno is probably the weakest, uh, just given some of the recent performances that we have seen and the fact that he is a very new player. So um, I think NXI really has to show up um, against supernova and messages versus onat is going to be a key part of that because you know how much supernova likes to play around that mid jungle just going for plays all across the map um and i think that overall this is also an exciting matchup just because of the fact that it's just two mid laners in like a pool uh, in the qualifiers where it was basically just get back and then everyone else um yeah but these were two that we thought had like the most promise and why we really decided to highlight them and so seeing them come out of this uh will be really fun I fully agree, Grapes, and especially I, I, I know messages um, when we had him on the show and I got to talk to him and fan, uh, you know, had something to say about Supernova. And so I, I, I wonder if this will be a bit of a grudge match as well. I think messages is going to want to take Supernova down. So I that's really why I'm excited about this matchup. But I, I don't know, Grapes, Grapes, are there any others? Is there anyone that you're really looking at that's going to deliver on, on all fronts here? Yeah, Matt, Matt, first of all, yeah, Messages is going to really want his revenge, and oh, that's going to be a yeah. that's going to be a good story. He's going to take all that personally if we take some he references will. to to Jordan he will. back and forth. Messages is hungry, um, and and he <laughs> talked about that on the show. It, it's it's actually it was really interesting to listen to. So, yeah. it's gonna, <laughs> I'm expecting a bit of fireworks between those two players. I'm also going to go to the lower bracket, and I will take the top lane matchup in FlyFam versus Team Liquid First, Surdy versus Lunasia. This was something that we talked about in Week 7, of course, uh, but we also learned uh, in an interview that Lunasia did that him and Surdy actually uh, talked a lot in the offseason and also throughout the year, uh, and Surdy was kind of serving as a bit of a mentor to Lunasia and teaching him a lot of the, the ways that uh, top lane was supposed to go, and we saw that actually work really well because Lunasi had a really great season. Uh, and both of these players are kind of the focal points of their teams, especially at least when, in my opinion, they utilize their players the right way. Because in the series that we had this week, I don't think that ended up happening. Surdy played two games of Cassante, Lunasi, as we talked about earlier, one game of Sign, one game of Malphite. If you want to win with these teams, that's not what you want to do. So no. I really hope in this do or die best of three, these two players, the mentor versus the student, go at each other with all the carry picks in the world, uh, and one of them ends up uh, on top at the end of the day. I'm here for it. I mean, I know it's a matchup we've already gotten to see, but only two games of it. I, I definitely could. Uh, I, I would accept a couple more, and I agree that these are two players out of the focal point of their teams, but... Oh, come on, come on, great! Like, there, there's, there's got to be no one in AOE against Maryville that we're like, well, we yeah, like give me talk, blood, you know? We talked about the junglers. I feel like a decent amount. Oh, you're so, right, you're right. Winnie, I, I, Winnie, I, odd orange. Winnie, yeah. Winnie, get uh, dark wings against get back odd orange should be pretty spicy. So, yeah, that that would be my other one, I guess, if yeah. we wanted to talk about this. But let's move on to our last headline, and it has to do not with the promotion tournament, but with some other roster moves that have been happening. It, Immortals has kind of been cleaning house a little bit. They just announced that they draw uh, release revenge. Uh, they also, of course, uh, signed treats and a lot of interesting things with that but in that process they have left a lot of of course spots open on their provisional roster or on their challenges roster i should say and they decided to fill it in in a bit of an interesting way they are holding tryouts for the immortals progressive combine this week where a lot of players will come in play some games and hopefully show off to some scouts how good they really are we're going to pull up the Combine rosters right now, and what we're going to do, Hawk, we're going to pick one team that you 
uh, that you think could perform in NACL that you want out of this pool of players? Yeah, so here here's the the roster for the combine for anyone that does not know or has not seen this. And I mean, I, I'm I'm you know what? I'll just give you my roster. I won't preface it. I always preface my answers, but if I'm looking to build a roster that I think could compete in NACL and do well, I'm taking Surdy, Griffin, Shochi, Lens, and Rocks right off the bat. I think these aren't even necessarily the five best players now. However, they are all five uh, really, really good. But I think there's a really strong mix of um, of personalities, uh, developmental pieces, as well as experience, and the ability uh, of compatible play styles as well. Specifically, that mid-jungle of Shochi Griffin. Seeing Griffin's name back on a competitive uh, combine of some sort, whether or not he ends up playing in the NICL, which I hope he does, think this is one of the most exciting prospects uh in the entire scene grape so this is who i would pick and i think it would be i think it'd be pretty good all right i'm gonna try my i'm gonna try my best you did steal a couple of your picks uh, a couple of my picks i was going to go with uh Surdy and griffin because why could how couldn't i you can't um, you can't not go for Surdy and griffin right and, and and that feels weird to slight like perry keel and even music right like the jungle roster is kind of stacked but but griffin I mean, we've not seen him play for uh, over a year at this point, right? Yeah. So it's I'm gonna we're take, waiting for it. I'm going to take an approach where I try to, of course, mix development with uh, some veterancy. Right. That's something All that right. you did as well. You had Surdy on your team, which I think is a very solid veteran. But uh, what I'm going to do first is going to select my mid-jungle to be a, a key group of veterans that can facilitate the rest of the team. And for that, I'm going to go Armeo, and I'm going to pick Saligo as well. Because Saligo, mm. I think, had a really good bounce-back year on wildcard this year. And Armeo is probably one of the best junglers in NA that's not currently on an LCS team. And so having that group... I think could do a really good job at teaching the rest of these younger players that I'm going to select. And uh, now that we get into it, I will pick Lunasia as, of course, my top laner. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier. We'll have that matchup, maybe Surdy versus Lunasia, in our combine as well, Hawk, if we actually have these teams play out. Hell yeah. Um, and my bot lane, I will have Donbrae in the bot lane uh, at, at support role, who, of course, is um, a player that has been in 100 Thieves Next and Evil Geniuses Prodigies in the past couple of years. Uh, and my AD carry, I'll go Blaster. This is a player that maybe you're not super Ooh. familiar with, but he is the ADC for Ball State. He is unfortunately not native to America. He's not a resident, but he's playing here in Collegiate. So he's not able to play on any CLQ teams. However, I have heard really, really good things um, out of him in terms of CLOL and also some of the, the traps that he had coming into this season so i will pick up him and hope that him and don break can be some of the the cool pieces alongside lunasia that can grow with this experienced mid jungle I, I i like that pick i like that pick a lot honestly um that is spicy you're not you're not gonna take minwi you're gonna leave minwi off the board after that year on fear ah uh, yeah i mean I, I was going for like some some new pieces i guess no, but I, maybe I, I like it a, i mean maybe minwi's too expensive after all that i mean i already spent <laughs> i spent on armeo i spent on saliga i might have to i i, I see it i see it budget i i mean I, I could totally see it um especially alongside a support like dombre who's been around for a bit and 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 looked really good on a a few different teams now i see the big the big thing with mine right i think shochi uh, for uh, Saligo had a great split, by the way, uh, on wildcard. Really looked great uh, on the bounce back. And um, I think it was very impressive. But the one thing that's always stood out to me about Shochi as a player is Shochi strikes me as sort of like the Niski type of player, maybe. Where right. sort of a bit of a Swiss Army Knife play style. Someone that has been able to carry the team in moments of truth, but also has been willing to play some of the weirder shit. He's, you know, got things like Zillion or Trindamir and, and, and those kind of champions. Uh, in the wheelhouse as well, and alongside players like Surdy, Griffin, and uh, and Lens that are pretty big carries in their own right. Like I think that sort of uh, tool set could be very, very valuable. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I would not be surprised if your team was was better than mine at the end of the day. But I, <laughs> I, I got like the pick the first. I, like, I got the pick I like first. The so you know, pieces that I that I yeah. picked up. No, well. that's valid. You 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 went for some of the spicier ones. I got the pick first. Like it's fine. You know. <laughs> well, I, I'm good. excited to watch this though. 
Like it should be it should be exciting yeah. to getting to see these players compete. And I, I I always love combines. I think there's like one day that they're streaming games. I don't really know what's happening. Immortals, if you want to hire us, we'll probably be around. Who knows? Uh, but that is gonna be it for our headlines for this episode. Time to head into part two, where we'll be previewing the C LOL bracket. It may be April, but the madness of March, in basketball at least, is translating over to <laughs> Collegiate League of Legends. The CLOL 2023 bracket has arrived, and matches will be starting this Saturday and with the round of 32. We started to get into CLOL a little bit over these past couple of episodes, Hawk, but it's really been a long road, even from the fall when we had the kickoff tournaments, but really entering January when, when things really got underway. Yeah, definitely. It, it has really been a long road, but... I mean, we're here, right? It's CLOL and Grapes. I know both of us have been getting really into CLOL this split. We're getting passionate about it because this is, I feel like, it feels weird to say this, but it's like a relatively untapped part of the NA developmental pipeline and a really exciting part with uh, so much talent in, deep inside of it and especially a lot of personality. So, I mean, I'm I'm really, really excited to get to see, see this tournament kick off Grapes. Yeah, of course, there's schools like Maryville who are playing both here in this tournament, uh, maybe a bit of a spoiler, as well as the promotion tournament that's happening, where <laughs> I think it, it really is a cool way that meshes together the paths to pro, where we have like collegiate teams kind of going into semi-pro. And I think overall, that's just a good statement for how this bracket actually ended up, because I think a lot of the teams here are very, very stacked and could really come through. But let's explain the format a little bit before we show off the teams that will be competing. Um, there are a bunch of different conferences. The The main ones are the North, South, East, West um, that, of course, compete over a season. There are also different partner conferences, um, which are different, which are conferences that Riot um, kind of gives uh, rights to and, and, and access to uh, unlocked accounts and, and things like that where they play their season out. Kind of think of them as like the mid-majors where the East, South, North, and, and West are your like Power 5 conferences if you follow collegiate sports in any way. Um, but basically how it works is they each play, each team, uh, all each conference plays their seasons out um, and depending on the historical strength of each of the conferences, um, some of the representatives, like the top representative from each conference will make it through. So the way it worked is like the top four teams in the North Conference uh, got bids, the top three in the South, and the top one in the West, and then some other amalgamation of the other conferences as well. Uh, that accounted for 24 of the 32 teams, and the last eight teams were uh, voted in by a committee of collegiate experts. And that uh, those teams were seeded into a bit of a bracket, um, and... I, I don't know. Am I missing anything here? I know you competed in CLOL as well. So you want to <laughs> Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is a strong, strong statement. Yeah, my 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 uh, lovely Platt team at Elon <laughs> University competed in the open division of CLOL, uh, and we played like shit. Um, no, 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 no. But it, it, was, it was fine. But um, yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered it. I was just laughing at the fact that, uh, I mean, it's true, but East South... Uh, uh, the East, South, North, and West, uh, as the Power Five schools, when the Pac-12 is literally like one of the partner conferences that is our mid-majors. <laughs> I mean, it's completely accurate as far as coll yeah. collegiate League of Legends, but it's funny to hear that uh, as a fan of also traditional college sports. But yeah, I mean, as you said, single elimination, best of threes and best of fives uh, going throughout. And I mean, it's going to be a March Madness, our own little one here yeah. for League of Legends. The, the first three weeks, uh, round of 32, 16, and now round of eight will all be online. And then the top four get flown out to L.A. to, to play in the LCS studios, which is always a really Rest cool thing. Rest in peace, round of eight, by the way. <laughs> you know, at least some at least some schools get the opportunity. Um, although I know that was definitely some, some stuff that caused some drama yeah. over the last couple of yeah. days. Um, we can get into how the teams actually ended up seeding and who is going to be competing in the tournament right now as we pull up how the committee decided to seed these teams. Now, the way that it works is similar to the March Madness tournament where you're not seeding them directly 1 through 32, but you're putting them into different groups based on how you generally think that they are seeded and how generally you think they are ranked. Uh, for example, in A, Maryville, St. Louis, St. Thomas, and Winthrop are your 1 seeds, where in Group H, Butler, Farmingdale, RPI, and Utah could basically be considered your eight seeds uh, and they get put into like four different quadrants and every one seed is randomly matched up against a random eight seed uh the there were a couple of contingencies here um you could not rank a team that finished higher than another team in a collegiate 
uh, conference lower than that specific team. So, for example, since Maryville was the first place team in the North, they could not be placed lower than any other teams in the North in terms of groups. Uh, but St. Louis um, is a second place team, so they were able to be in the same group. But yeah. Um, but that, that just makes it so you have to actually compete well in your conference in order to be seated and that there's not other like extenuating circumstances like previous expectations that put play too much of a role into the seating. It did, it did create for a couple of interesting scenarios, as you might already see on your screen. For example, McMaster was a school in the East Conference that performed a little bit over uh, the expectations of the other uh, schools in that group, such as Western, Toronto, and Harrisburg. Uh, and so because of that, even though a lot of the committee probably thought that Harrisburg, Toronto, and Western were stronger schools than McMaster, they could not put them in a higher group, which is why they are all kind of put into group D, <laughs> or as Shauna Tonin called yesterday, the the Deast Conference. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the the group D is so funny. It literally is just the top four from East. But... um. I mean, I, I feel like the seating system, just to start off, like it actually made a lot of sense. Having the committee was a good thing, um, I, you know, same as NACLQ, right? And um, I mean, lots of lots of really good schools here. And I mean, we've got like a lot of our usual suspects, a lot of our big dogs in the top four, the top eight even, but also some names that if you've been a fan of collegiate for a while may not be as familiar with specifically grapes waterloo up there in the top eight a team with some players that we might recognize as NACLQ fans but if you're a old school collegiate fan may not be quite as familiar with yeah i mean we can run through some of the the teams at the top that you need to know for sure uh if you are somebody who is just starting to follow sealol uh of course if you our fan of Salty Runback, you have heard the name Maryville uh, quite a lot because they have been in a lot. Probably of UST our, as well. Probably you're probably familiar. Win yeah. Winthrop, you would you would know of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Maryville is basically running the exact same roster as they are running in the NACL qualifiers. That is Niles, Auto Orange, Getback, Sierra, Jerry, and Psycho. I feel like we don't have to talk about them too much, but they are, of course are a historical organization in the collegiate space. They won titles in both 2017 and 2019, and came very close in 2021 and 2022. Um, uh, and I think are probably the favorites, considering how good they have been, uh, especially this season in NACLQ. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Maryville, I mean, Mar Maryville has looked like the best team, right? Uh, especially, I think most people would have considered the North Conference the hardest conference. There's a reason why their top two are both one seeds, despite Maryville taking care of St. Louis in the finals. Um, but St. Louis, you would probably recognize a couple of the players over there as well. Vital, if you watched Academy last year, and then Winnie, Aaron, uh, Skytech, even Strompist, you might know from if uh, if you're a fan of amateur. UST, we've talked about them a lot. Basically, Team Fish Taco, but they got a little AD carry named Shogo that uh, if you haven't heard of, you're going to hear about after watching Seelol because honestly, Grapes, it's a bit of a travesty that he's not playing in North America right now in the developmental pipeline outside of Seelol. So. Shogo is, I think, He's so he's so good, man. He's uh, he, he, Shogo is a beast. <laughs> he, um, I mean, Sh Shogo is. I I is it a hot take for me to say that Shogo was the best AD carry in this tournament? Uh, I don't. I don't he looked like it last year so, at least. Yeah. I mean, I got to watch him play live at finals, and that guy was fucking smurfing. I watched him. I watched him fall down really far behind on Vane, get one shutdown, and oh then carry the entire crazy. game. That game was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it based if it not, into just a little too much, and it was over. <laughs> if you're not familiar, St. Thomas, a uh, school out of Texas, first place in the South. They were your defending champions. They won last year, beating Maryville in the semifinals three games to one, which yeah. is an interesting storyline as well. We could round out uh, our no, group that was a, a that was a five game, right? That was that was a that was, was a five-game five? series, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was five. Interesting. Okay, I'll have to go back and check the tape on that. But I'm, our I'm last team right here now. in Group A is Winthrop University, the Winthrop Eagles. You've seen a little bit of them in the NACLQ, but they have a bit of a different roster because Mobility is back from Evil Genius's challenger, his stint there as a substitute. So no more ZKG. Hawk can stop blaming this poor man uh, and see a roster from Winthrop that... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? Hang on. I have not flamed ZKG too much. I've just voiced my concerns for the bottom lane. But you're right. Mobility coming back in is not great. 
Uh, Winthrop actually is part of a conference called the NACC, which is a partner conference that is really good and also holds two of the teams in Group B as well in Fisher College and Ole Miss. A uh, friend of the program, Colomer, is the coach at Ole Miss. You might remember, you might recognize some of the faces there, uh, such as Nem9 in the top lane, not the mid lane, and Rhino. Uh, they also have some younger players in the, the middle of the map that are some interesting watches as well. They actually beat... Uh, York and and placed in the finals of NECC where they lost against Winthrop uh, and that is why they're here in Group B and not Group A. Uh, Fisher is a school that was previous well, contains a lot of the players and staff that were previously from Bay State. Uh, you might recognize some of those names as well as there's a lot of players there that are currently in the NACL or NACLQ. Uh, I think right off the top of my a head is Bajani, Kiel, Saranac, um, Sofa Sage, DMK from CCG. Uh, and then Trevor, I think, also plays on Fisher as well. So that's a team that's really stacked. Uh, and this kind of brings up an interesting thing with like them and St. Louis uh, as teams that like are a bunch of NACL players, but they haven't really got to scrim together, even though maybe their rosters are maybe a bit stronger on paper. Yeah, it, it it has been evident at times if you watch them. Sometimes they're kind of just they're kind of just balling out there, you know. Yeah. Um, also, you were right. UST Maryville was a four game series. I could have swear that one went five. I I, I was uh. I'm really, I'm man, I'm mad I misremember that. But either way, you were right. Great, Grace is always right. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, Fisher, um, and 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 St. Louis in particular. When you look at the names on that roster, aside from maybe Maryville or UST, uh, you would think that they would be the two best teams, but they do really not play together that much. At least so it seems. Um, but but then that does finally I, I brought it up earlier. That brings us into the other two teams in the top eight grapes. St. Clair and Waterloo. You've probably heard about St. Clair if you're a fan of the show. They made group stage at the NACLQ, but not really one of the usual suspects as far as high level collegiate play goes. Um, at least not being considered a top eight team. And then also Waterloo. Um, them as well. Another team that has played at a, a decently high level for a while, but now really for the first time as uh, is making the Seal Championship and looking to contend with some of the best. Yeah, Waterloo has players Onat and Last Dance from Supernova and CB Gaming slash Miracle, uh, two players that were really up and coming in the NACLQ space and I thought performed pretty well. Uh, and they're backed by a core of players that have been playing, have been together for the past three years, I believe, in inexhaustive Legans and Pika Pika. So that should be a really fun core to watch. I actually think that they're going to make a pretty big run. They were by far the best team in the Eastern Conference. They beat Toronto and yeah. they beat uh, McMaster to they win the whole thing. They uh, are a team that I think a lot of people are saying is a dark horse to really contend for the title. So yeah. maybe one that uh, you all want to have your eyes on. Last last thing about St. Clair as well, before we go into some of our others like sleeper picks or, or picks for, or schools with like players that you might know. Uh, St. Clair, uh, of course, competed in the NACLQ uh, number two, but they were missing two pieces that I think were very important. Of course, they did have uh, like uh, their top jungle and support and Ricky, um, Maddie, and their support uh boschetti sorry it took me a second uh but they're two players that are in the mid and adc that, that weren't playing in nacq for various reasons one of them uh named akashi who is currently i think like six rank six on the solo queue rat ladder is uh, in the is in the immortals of, combine by in the, the way. immortals combine as well yeah. yeah um and actually is a really really cracked piece on that team that really hasn't gotten the chance on the stage in a similar situation to shogo because they don't have any residency and can't compete in the naclq uh and the ad carry for st Clair is going to be rock boom who we had as our rookie of the split uh player on rock bottom esports who had an incredible yeah. run uh with that team in the second oq um, apart from St. Clair. So those are the two players on that team, which I think is why uh, the committee ranked them pretty high. But Hawk, we can go into some of the other teams kind of briefly. Uh, who are some here that have players that you're excited to watch or maybe people that are fans of the NACL might recognize? Yeah, I mean, ju just I'll, I'll hit a couple off rapid fire. You can maybe fill in the gaps for me. Um, Northwood, you might recognize them as the team that went 2-3 in the qualifiers two times in a row. Grapes and I streamed it once. It's really depressing. They beat Maryville. And they didn't make the tournament, which is still like I think the craziest An incredible thing feat. that's happened all year. They went two zero and then zero three. That was really depressing. Um, but but they were I believe at third place in the North Conference, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, also Harrisburg. Uh, you know they still got some pieces from that old DK Crew roster. 
um, as well as, you know, they've, they've changed up a little bit. Um, Western has Lynx on the team, who we've talked about earlier in this episode. You've got Toronto, who has been streamed on the channel. Um, UCSD played in the Open Qualifiers. York had a miracle run in the Open Qualifiers last year. Uh, you know, there's a couple teams here and there with some with some players that, that, that you all might recognize. Yeah, some other people that have some experience in the NACL, NACLQ, uh, Grandview, have Pluto. Uh, True. And, of course, that roster made some different runs here Th- and They're there. your boys, Graves. They're, in, they're in the your, your your hometown heroes. They they are indeed are indeed the boys. And I am a big fan of the Midwest Esports Conference, another partner conference that I got to cast a lot of games of. Speaking of, Ottawa, another team in this group, have Trickster uh, down in group number letter F. Uh, Trickster, of course, from Godel Gamers slash... Uh, other team, uh, Mirage Alliance uh, as well. Uh, just general amateur mainstay. Uh, and some other players you might recognize like Riversided uh, and Young. Uh, and some other looking around. ISU, of course, also in Group F. Um, True. Have competed in the first uh, NACLQ. Uh, Drew Dozer, Meslo. Uh, it should be fun. Just like a bunch of players that are, are really, really skilled and have a really good infrastructure there. Um, and the last team that I want to highlight here, Hawk, before we can head into some spicy bracket predictions here. Uh, in Group E, we have Ohio State. Now, you might know Ohio State as, of course, being a school that's very good at the traditional sports. Ohio the Ohio State, State University. University. Um, but they have a player that you might recognize if you've been following the amateur scene for a while, and that is Five Fire in the mid lane. The man came back to play some collegiate League of Legends and got his team into the CLO uh, group stage. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I, I would be very surprised if I was. Five Fire is the only player in this tournament that has won a Proving Crowns championship. So I think he's pretty right. cracked. Yeah. <laughs> pretty great. He's pretty cracked. <laughs> There are a lot of other the 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 rest of the team maybe maybe not as cracked, but hey, Five Fire is pretty cracked. There's a reason why the team from uh, a team with Five Fire in it is in the Group E. (laughs) This is that. Uh, That's all I'm gonna say. They lost in the quarterfinals uh, of the North. Uh, and we're, I think, a, li- a bit of a controversial pick in by the committee because they did not auto-qualify into the actual tournament, which is another interesting thing to, to mention really quickly. I think overall, other than that, a lot of the rosters, uh, not many of us are expecting to make too big of strides in the tournament. So I think what we can do now is pull up uh, the bracket, what it looks like, and also what we specifically have pulled up. Are we going to go, uh, Hawk, with... with both the your bracket first, my bracket first. What what's the deal here? Uh, grapes. I'm gonna pull up your bracket, and I'll I will let you enlighten me as to oh why boy. you've chosen as such, and then I will tell you why you are wrong. But okay. actually, we're probably in agreement about a lot of this stuff. So. <laughs> well, first of all, through this bracket, you can see some of the matchups that we actually end up having. Some ones, some of them that were really really tough for me to to choose were Grandview versus Illinois State. Um, the way that ISU got put into this tournament uh, position is because they unfortunate to FF their first round of the playoffs. And so we're not in a position to actually qualify in. And so therefore had to be voted in. And because of that, they got placed lower due to some of the other rules that we had before. And one team uh, that is Grandview got a little bit unlucky in having to match up against them. That was a really tough matchup to decide in the first round. Um, looking around the rest of the bracket, Toronto versus York over on the bottom left, I think is an interesting one as well. Uh, and Western versus UCSD uh, is a cool one up in the top right. Um, on Other than that, Harrisburg versus OSU, of course, uh, is a cool one as well. If we're just going through one matchup from each side of the bracket. Um, and I would not sleep on Cleary either. They uh, are a team that uh, is full of like a bunch of uh, import players uh, that previously were part of the University of North America, which is a team that participated in the CLO Championship last year. And they also have uh, Kiyuki, who is um, an analyst on Golden Guardians playing support for them. So that is a, is a cool little thing that we can throw into there as well. They beat Aquinas, who is a big favorite in uh, one of the partner conferences to make it in. They're playing up against Ole Miss, who I think might be a little bit vulnerable here in this first round. Uh, but I did not have them ended up going out in that matchup. Um, overall, those are some of the matchups that I particularly was interested in the first round. But uh, the only upset that I had was actually Ottawa beating UCI. Just because, oh, we didn't mention UCI at all. They have Gorka and Light Pulse and Cinnamon Bread and Mike Young on that team. And we forgot to mention them, but they have not <laughs> looked great in the qualifiers. Is no. kind of the point that I was making. And so that is yeah. why 
I have a, yeah, we'll throw an upset in there. You always, they always have to have an upset uh, in and this matchup. I know we called the four uh, cardinal direction conferences, I guess, as the Power Five conferences, but got to be honest, Graves, the West Conference, kind of a meme uh, <laughs> this, th- this year, uh, at least compared to the other three. Um, yeah. And and especially compared to the NACC, uh, which had Winthrop, Ole Miss, uh, and um, Fisher. So, yeah, I, I think it's definitely UCI, maybe a little bit on the weaker end, and Ottawa, a team that was being pretty uh, pretty explosive in the MEC, um, really pushing um, Grandview to their limits. So, um, it's it's cool actually that 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 they got voted in and. Um, I, I think that's another matchup that definitely I would want to keep your eyes on. I'm, I'm mostly in agreement with you as far as what you've picked, as well as the matchup to keep uh, everyone's eyes on. Um, I definitely agree that uh, the Toronto-York matchup early on looks like it'll be a very competitive one. Grandview-ISU, another one, two teams that are maybe not as consistent. Western UCSD, you said all these, but I just want to reiterate, these are definitely, at least as far as round one matchups go, probably going to be very exciting yeah if we can we can go a little bit deeper as well as i have my general takeaways with how things might end up going i think waterloo is really really good and even though winthrop does pick up mobility i do have them advancing to the semifinals to face off against maryville but at the end of the day other than that it's so hard to like pick these other upset talk because i yeah. uh, i don't know like the the power the, the top four just seems so good the top three or top two just seems so good i do think like the top right is is an as a area where maybe things get a little bit weird especially if slu like isn't as practiced as some of the other teams may be uh northwood versus old miss i do have old miss going out of that just because uh as we were watching northwood throughout either the sea uh bracket or in uh the nacLQ that they ended up playing i thought mm-hmm. that Repi and chrono uh needed to take another step in order for that team to really get to that next level and i think that old miss overall were playing really good as a team in the nacc so that is why i have them moving through although i definitely could see a world where northwood makes a really deep run um and in terms of my semifinals, it's pretty stock standard, except for Waterloo over Winthrop. Uh, Maryville-St. Thomas is my finals matchup because those teams are just so good. I mean, they're both in the promotion relegation tournament, basically. Uh, so it's hard to not put them in there. Uh, and I do yeah. have Maryville taking it all because it, this is just the year of Maryville, man. They're so good. Maybe this is a good time to just transition to my bracket while I give some of my thoughts on everything you just said because... I also went with just a lot of chalk. I agree with you again. Um, the top right definitely does look like, I think as far as the mid-tier teams in the conference, like the spiciest side of the bracket, um, Northwood Ole Miss, I think as far as if we're looking at pure chalk as a round of, what is that, round of 16 matchup, um, would be the most competitive Uh I've seen a lot of Northwood Hopers on Twitter. I'm just going to be honest. I've seen a lot of Northwood Hopers on Twitter. Y'all are a bunch of copers. St. Louis took Northwood out to the dumpster last time these two teams played. It may have been a 3-1, but it was not a close 3-1. Okay, Uh, let me tell you. Um, I think SLU is a cut above these teams, but I do think Western, Ole Miss, Northwood are all really good. So they maybe could start something, but I'm expecting SLU to still take care of business. Another matchup I do want to bring attention to, you know, I, at the end of the day, I have um, Winthrop making the semifinals. I've, I've just got all the one seeds. It's really boring. Um, but They're I think, one seeds. yeah. But I think Harrisburg could maybe do some damage as well. That's that's one of those schools that you never really want to count out, even though I do think Winthrop should definitely be favored against them. Uh, you never really know when Harrisburg will just decide to, like, play cracked out of their minds. So, um that that's another matchup i unlike you grapes i have ust taking it all look i agree with you it does feel like it's the year of maryville but again this team fish taco team that i think you might be grading them uh, as doesn't have shogo that's fair and i think shogo is him (laughs) that's it i think shogo is him so i i I think that that brings saint thomas especially as a school uh, a team fighting team way above the the limits that team fish taco can hit with red that's very interesting i a very i hope to see a lot of really good shogun moments in the next couple of weeks i'm interested in your point about harrisburg because we have not seen them look super good in the east conference matchups that we have watched we had them play against toronto uh and they won five early games and they lost three of the five <laughs> games 
they are kind of like the fly fam of yeah. Uh in the fact that they just kind of end up doing that a lot of the time. Uh, and it didn't seem to really get See, better. So. so so let me explain myself on this because I'm I'm like with you. Like this team sucks, but but hey, but they are awesome. No, but I'm about to gas them up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they suck, but they're also amazing right they they are like a bunch of crackheads and i think at least as far as like mechanically they can go toe-to-toe with a lot of the teams in this tournament they just for whatever reason like sometimes struggle to bring it all together so i totally think like against winthrop for example there's a world in which they wake up and they're like hey guys let's like win an early game and then win the game and then they do and then they close the game and then they look amazing so you're right maybe my language is a little strong this team does not suck i think uh harrisburg is actually very very good and these players are all great and i love you all um but but that's what i think makes this team so dangerous because they could actually contend with a lot of the best teams in this tournament in the early game it's just whether or not they can close but if they decide to close one day like a team might be fucked you know i think overall there's like maryville and usc and then like kind of a big jump after that i i honestly i agree yeah would not be surprised if like so there if slu and winthrop specifically did not end up coming out into the top four out of their yeah. half the bracket just because i think it after, would be a lot after, less surprising than if it happened to maryville or usd yeah like i see i see like it i see the possibility of like a couple like maybe like three or four teams winning the whole thing uh but i see a group i see a possibility of like 20 to like 21 teams that I could see make a run to top eight. Like if things go their way, there's there's a lot of these teams in here that actually could make a run. Yeah. Just because there there's so much talent throughout the bracket this season, uh, and I'm really excited to see. I, I'm sad that St. Clair's in the Maryville side because I I really would <laughs> I know I would have put them through like in the the in either of like the Winthrop or the Slough groups just because I, I'm, I'm big fans of those those players. I I fully agree with you. I I I'm with you. I think some of the the teams that I was actually really hyped about kind of got screwed because another one that i think could be really dangerous is fisher college up against st thomas but again i i i'm gonna i'm gonna be real with you you said you could see three or four teams winning this i only see two teams i think it's maryville or st thomas and i'd be surprised if it's anybody else that wins this tournament um they they feel like the titans of collegiate and that's what they built their rosters to do but i will agree with you in the sense that i think throughout the bracket though there is going to be an incredibly high amount of competition that these teams are going to leave uh, a lot on the rift and there will be upsets you know both of us we didn't pick very many but i think there will probably be more than we bargained for trying to take a look around i think like a team like bethany could make a run uh they Mm -hmm. lost in the first round last year and against Converse, and I really don't think they want to do that again. <laughs> they, uh, they do, do have not want to get Converse. They, they do have Waterloo in the round of 16, which is a team that I had making a run, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, try to go for a, a bit of a miracle as well. They made top four when Colomer was their coach, and they had uh, Bradley on their team, and a lot of the pieces that aren't Bradley still kind of remain with them uh, right now from that 2021 roster, uh, so maybe a, an option for them. Uh, another team potentially that could make a run, uh, York, as we were saying earlier, uh, I mean UCI. If they just turn up and like all their players come at their the highest highest level, like that team also could this like. Seems I could, impossible I could, to predict. I could see, them, it's, I could it's see them make top four as well. I could see them maybe like making a competitive matchup against Fisher or uh, yeah. UST. I, and and just to shout out another couple teams as well. I'm really looking at these teams from the East Conference to potentially be a little bit more explosive than we've maybe bargained for. McMaster, look, they made finals in that conference. And I know we don't really know much about them. And I'm not expecting them to beat Maryville. <laughs> they are, unfortunately, against Maryville. But but that is no small feat. And the East Conference, I think it's pretty fair to say, was the third strongest conference this I think year. the second. You think it was stronger I, than NECC? Oh. Uh, no, maybe not. Oh, I think because, over, because North, I think, North was the strongest, right? I think, for, I think for East, like one through eight is stronger than NECC one through eight. But like going one through four with just... Fisher, um, or Fisher York, Winthrop, and uh, Ole Miss are probably stronger than like the top four in East. If that makes sense. That's valid. I'll I'll give you that. Um, but that I think that's my point. Right? Is is um, regardless of where we rank them with the NECC, they're a top three, two or three conference, right, alongside the NECC. And so I mean, making finals not a small feat. Western uh, as well as um, Toronto as well. Like we're kind of sleeping on them. I, I, again, don't really expect Western and Toronto to compete against SLU and St. Thomas at the end of the day, but there are teams that I think we shouldn't sleep on. And 
those series might be more explosive than, than we've bargained for. And so even though, unfortunately, all these teams, because of the nature of the seeding, Harrisburg included, will be playing against the one seeds in the second round if things go according to plan. Um, that is an area where I think we could see an upset. Uh, I brought up Harrisburg already, but it, it is hard to get, you know, this is where we look at the names and we look at, um, you know, all that. But when we actually look at, like, we don't know how these, how good these teams actually are until we see them play. Right. It's sort of like the, sort of like the promotion relegation tournament, because something we've learned from collegiate over and over again is that the names on the teams do not always equate to how the collegiate team plays as opposed to NACL or NACLQ. It's going to be really fun to see. You can catch all the action starting this Saturday and Sunday with a round of 32 kicks off. Uh, I think that be I think matches begin 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. So it does overlap a little bit with the last couple of matches of promotion relegation. Uh, but you can watch those on twitch.tv slash battlefy. Twitch.tv slash battlefy underscore B and twitch.tv slash battlefy underscore C. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm getting that information right. There's not a whole lot of info about streams, but I do know that the coverage will be had in some capacity. So if you want to watch these CLL matches, make sure to check those out over the next three weekends. Uh, top four in LA come the first weekend of June. But I think that's going to do it, Hawk. We had a fun little episode. Go do a little CLL, yeah. do a little promotion. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of League of Legends happening this week. I am 90% sure I rambled a little bit, but that's because it is now 1.52 in the morning, our time grapes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely think, look, CLOL is going to be amazing. We are invested this year. We are going to be making sure to cover all the action as well as a promotion relegation, as Grapes said. Make sure you check out Grapes on the show tomorrow afternoon. Well, today afternoon, right after the episode airs and also later on because it's sure to be amazing and i mean the competition already is heating up we've already established at least one team is getting relegated which is crazy to think about this early on one round and one team is already going to change but if you didn't like what we said maybe you think that the east is shit and they can't compete with the one seeds i don't know you can take what we said with a grain of salt i've been hawk that's been grapes have a great night everyone